the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy passes a rules package. We have never had this kind of a voice, not in my lifetime. We're having conversations I never thought we would have again. Federal agencies are looking into banning gas stoves. So close to a communist mindset. That's the way you lose liberty. They'll ban your gas stove. An economic expert says the Fed may be tone deaf. They do not appear to be incorporating uh, the, the considerable risk of recession. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, January 10th. I'm Mike Scott. On Monday night, the House passed a rules package on a vote of 220 to 213. The 55-page package includes some of the concessions Kevin McCarthy made to the group of 20 House Republicans to get his speakership bid across the line. Within the rules package is a motion to vacate, which allows only one member to move to remove the House Speaker. It also gets rid of proxy voting and virtual participation of congressional committee meetings. Republicans are also instituting a rule that states only spending cuts can offset mandatory spending increases. House Republicans included the rule that they would not hike taxes by including in the rules package a threshold of three-fifths of the body to implement any new tax increases. They brought back the so-called Holman Rule, which allows Congress to amend a spending bill by cutting programs, firing federal employees, or reducing salaries. All 212 Democrats voted against the rules package. House Progressive Caucus leader Representative Pramila Jayapal called it a rules package for, quote, MAGA extremist, end quote, in a floor speech. However, many Republicans, like Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett, believes that the rule changes will ultimately work in favor of the American people. Reality is that the American public will be well served. These rules actually mimic very closely what we have in the Tennessee legislature. Things like transparency, conservatives guaranteed a position uh, on committees that make decisions where we're making fiscal issues, um, where we're hiding fiscal issues in bills. The Rules Committee is the one that everybody keeps talking about where they were allowed to put two or three more members on that are conservative and have a fiscal background no, that would fair, keep, fair. Us, uh, keep this country afloat. And so it's, it's all good things, actually. Burchett explains how under the new rules, the House will make things much more transparent. The public should feel empowered with all this. Under these new rules, Speaker McCarthy, I believe, will emerge uh, in a very good light with the public in short order. As just as tonight, our votes were, were done in, a, in record time where it would have taken the Democrats. We would have been there all night just waiting to vote on these three 
three or four bills that we just did. So I think it's going to actually um, improve what's going on. We're actually even improving, going to try to improve access to the media on the House floor, which I think the public enjoyed. And I believe it, it, the more input by the public, the better it will be. And I think that's what you're going to see with this. And, and it will be in short order. You know, we took four days to debate who the third most powerful person is in the country, if not the world. We had more debate and more interaction on the House floor than we had in the, the previous four years under Speaker Pelosi, who actually had clipped all the rules, the rule that uh, the motion to vacate, that was on the books since the 20s, and that was one of the first things that she stopped. So I, I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. I think you should be able to address it. If your Speaker gets out of line, you ought to be able to bring them up and, and, and throw them out. Gina Loudon is host of the Dr. Gina Show. Join the Salem Radio Network and says that Former President Trump deserves some credit for helping Kevin McCarthy get over the finish line. He was calling around and he deserves a a vast amount of credit for turning what the media said was going to be a complete cluster, right? That's what they said. Oh, this is going to be so bad for Republicans. This is going to rule them, you know, basically impotent to, to get anything done, right? Well, exactly the opposite happened. And I think there are a couple of lessons here. Number one, dissent is good. That's why our country was in a lot better shape in the 1800s and the early 1900s when our early Congress members used the power of their dissent and public discourse over and over and over again, as you can see if you look at that history. This is something this contesting the speaker thing was done over and over again back then. Um, And everyone's told, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Let me tell you, it's the uniparty screaming, you can't do that because it's not real. You can absolutely do it. Not only can we do it, we should do it. And this is evidence. Loudon explains how some lawmakers are pressured into voting for omnibus spending bills. The omnibus is where they mix together a whole bunch of bills. And so if you've got a bill in there that's key to your district and you're a representative, um, you're kind of put in a position of voting for this omnibus bill because, after all, there's your new bridge that yeah. you promised your constituents you'd ask for in this bill. But if you don't vote for it with all the other bad stuff in it, right, um, then you don't get your new bridge. Loudon says that for the first time in decades, we're seeing real change in how the House operates. For how many decades yeah. have we not even had a chance of seeing no omnibus bills? We want rule changes. We want a government closer to the people. Um, we want to hear the what goes on behind closed doors. We want you to bring that out in the public. We have never had this kind of a voice, not in my lifetime. We're having conversations I never thought we would have again ever in the history of the United States. This is heartening to me on a thousand levels. We have the Tea Party to thank, we have Donald Trump to thank, and we have MAGA to thank. The House will also quickly vote on an IRS bill that rolls back money to hire thousands in more staff. As Brazil reels from rioting, a former president there has found a home in Florida. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more. Jair Bolsonaro's temporary home is in a gated community in Kissimmee, Florida, near Orlando. Bolsonaro has signed autographs, hugged children, and took selfies. Some in the crowd were wearing shirts saying, make Brazil great again. A handful of supporters dissipated as word spread Bolsonaro was hospitalized with abdominal pain. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was asked if the U.S. would send Bolsonaro back to Brazil. We have not as of yet received any requests. Uh, If and when we do, we'll deal with it. 
Bolsonaro has been called the Trump of the tropics, so it may come as no surprise he wound up just a few hours away from the former American president's Palm Beach compound. Ed Donahue, Washington. According to a new report, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is considering plans to take action to address what a few studies suggest is a harmful indoor air pollutant emitted by gas stoves. Federal agency says a ban on gas stoves is on their table. While the idea may sound completely strange, the federal government isn't the only bureaucracy that has taken aim at gas appliances. Last year, California passed a law banning gas stoves in new construction. News Nation's Leland Vittert addressed the new law. Staying in California, climate warriors have a new target, your kitchen. And in Los Angeles, at least, they've won. The Los Angeles County City Council just issued a ban on gas stoves in most new construction. In fact, all gas appliances joining now about 50 California cities with similar laws. I wanted to read this to you um, from the Los Angeles Times. The wok itself is really essential to Asian cuisine. This is a Chinese restaurant owner. By taking gas away, you're telling us we cannot use woks anymore, essentially taking away our identity and heritage. It forces us to adapt to American culture. The study that the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission cites suggests that gas stoves emit pollutants including nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, and fine particulate matter at levels deemed unsafe by the EPA. The emissions have been linked to illness, cardiovascular problems, cancer, and other health conditions. Ethel Behrman is an L.A. area lawyer and says that laws banning gas isn't of great concern because, in her opinion, people will learn to adapt. The technology changes, people learn new ways of cooking, and then suddenly you can use a wok on an induction cooktop and you forget that you were using gas. By the way, gas cooktops have been shown now to cause health issues in children that are near them. We know that pollution from our use of hydrocarbons kills thousands of people a year here in the United States. California, Los Angeles, and and these areas, and President Biden are are leading the way so we can look out for our people. However, the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers argues that cooking produces harmful emissions regardless of the kind of stove used. Releasing a statement, the AHAM says that ventilation is really where this discussion should be rather than banning one particular type of technology. Banning one type of a cooking appliance is not going to address the concerns about overall indoor air quality. We may need some behavior change. We may need people to turn on their vent hoods when cooking. The American Gas Association similarly argued against such a ban, saying in part the Consumer Product Safety Commission and EPA do not present gas ranges as a significant contributor to adverse air quality or health hazards in their technical or public information literature, guidance, or requirements. Dennis Prager is host of the Dennis Prager Show on the Salem Radio Network and says that the proposed banning of gas stoves reminds him of how the government agencies work to ban secondhand smoke. You know what this reminds me of? I warned about it 30 years ago. I wrote it, talked about it. When they started lying about secondhand smoke, 
I knew we were in trouble. But people, most people don't smoke, so they didn't give a damn about its banning of secondhand smoke to the extent that city very near to here from where I am broadcasting, Burbank, California, bans cigar smoking in cigar shops. You can even smoke cigars in New York City at cigar shops. Burbank, California is so close to a communist mindset and the people don't give a damn. And that's the way you lose liberty. They'll ban your gas stove. The Salem host went on to say that he believes that a perfect world is unattainable. Do you realize the aim of a perfect world in which children don't get sick, children don't fall on playgrounds, the, the movement to perfection creates hell. That is truly the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't even believe they have good intentions in this case. I think it's just another way to control people. And as I said, they go to bed with a very clear conscience. In fact, their conscience is rewarded. Look at how much good I have done. We're going to place so much stress on the electrical grid, which is not being increased in its power, so what will happen? And of course, the same leftists are against nuclear power, which could solve a lot of problems, And given how clean it is. You would think that environmentalists would be enthusiasts of nuclear power, but they're not, because they don't think rationally. They think emotionally. Prager suggests that government agencies, in his opinion, simply do not like Americans having the freedom to choose. You don't upset the world if you use nuclear power, and their desire is to upset the world as it now exists. It annoys people on the left that you have complete freedom when you own a car, that you're not taking a bus or a train or going into some car-sharing routine. This troubles them. You have too much freedom. You're free to live. If you have a car, it also means you will live in a suburb. And they want everybody, ideally, to live in a city, in tall apartment buildings with, with relatively small apartments. They don't. Almost every leading environmentalist is extremely wealthy. But it doesn't matter. Nebraska Senator Ben Sass retired from Congress yesterday, leaving an open Republican-held seat in the Senate. Daybreak Insider's congressional correspondent Bernie Bennett has more from Capitol Hill. Republican Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska officially resigned from the Senate Sunday as he prepares to step back into academia as president of the University of Florida. In farewell remarks last week on the Senate floor, Sass criticized the body that he had been a member of since 2015, saying, quote, This institution doesn't work very well right now. Sass's departure opens a seat to an appointment by Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen, a Republican. The previous governor, Republican Pete Ricketts, had said that he would seek the appointment. Bernie Bennett in Washington. 
According to reports, San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly and Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic said they expected the central bank to raise rates past 5% in order to rein in inflation. However, not all economic experts believe that that is the right move. CNBC's Steve Leesman believes that the Fed may not be depending on economic data for their decisions. If you look at the um, statement in the, in the, in the uh, uh, minutes this week on last Wednesday where they said no Fed official is forecasting a cut for 2023. I mean, that may, that may be true, but how do they know that? How can they be so sure? Um, look at the SCP itself, the statement, the summary of economic projections, 17 of 19 officials over 5, over 5%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look at what they said last week, despite the, the wage data coming in weaker, and most importantly, the ISM services data coming in, uh, showing contraction in that sector, no change in the rhetoric. I think they are in a forward guidance mode, a mode in which, Scott, they are uh, going hell or high water to that 5% mark. They have a date with 5% rather than being data dependent. Leesman goes on to say that it's concerning to him because the Fed were also unified in their opinion that inflation was transitory. And I think that's the issue right now is that they're, they're heading, it seems to me, the same kind of sort of monolithic uh, everybody on one side of the boat idea that they decided it was transitory. I'm just surprised they, A, haven't softened their rhetoric given the data, and B, that there isn't a broad range of opinions, it appears, on the FOMC. Leesman explains that his problem is that it seems the Fed is not considering the real risk of recession. Uh, if they want to d- do some uh, uh, damage, I guess, to the long end of the curve, they could sell bonds out that way. But I think the problem to, for me, Scott, is that they do not appear to be incorporating uh, the, the considerable risk of recession. And what is not talked about enough is the effect of balance sheet reduction. They're going to do a fair. trillion dollars this year. They yeah. did $400 billion last year. I, I had a conversation with Bullard uh, during a uh, scrum with reporters last week. And I asked him whether or not his formulas, remember that he has that range of 5 to 7%. I said, does that range of what the appropriate rate of the funds rate is incorporate balance sheet reduction? He said, no. And I said, does that mean you're being over sufficiently restrictive? And he said, some could argue that. A major part of the nation's largest fuel pipeline has restarted. Our Daybreak Insider John Scott has more on this story. This comes days after it was shut down by a diesel fuel leak in Virginia. Colonial Pipeline says the affected line returned to normal operations Sunday after repairs at the Witt Booster Station near Danville. The Georgia-based company says the spill was detected last Tuesday during a routine station check. The 2,500-gallon spill contained on site between soil and an adjacent stormwater retention pond. Twenty trucks of contaminated soil expected to be removed from the site, and groundwater wells are being sampled for contamination. John Scott report. More than 7,000 nurses at two New York City hospitals are on strike after contract negotiations over staffing levels and pay broke down. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker has more from New York on this story. 
Nurses were walking the picket lines outside Montefiore in the Bronx and Mount Sinai in Manhattan. Pat Kane with the New York State Nurses Association says they're demanding a fair contract. The nurses are heartbroken to have to be out here. Nancy Hagan's also with the union says they're willing to negotiate. Our primary concern is staffing, is safe staffing. As long as we don't have safe staffing, we cannot continue. Montefiore said it agreed to add 170 nurses. Mount Sinai said the union's nurse-to-patient ratio ignores previous progress. Both hospitals are transferring patients, diverting ambulances, and rescheduling elective surgery. Julie Walker, New York. And finally... A man in Kentucky has been reunited with a message in a bottle he tossed into the ocean 37 years ago. Back in November, the Carmax family, who lives in Florida, were walking along the shore when they came across a pair of teachers participating in a cleanup effort in the wake of Hurricane Nicole. The teachers gave the family their most unusual discovery, a message in a bottle. For it to be found is pretty wild. It's so exciting. We found a message in a bottle. The Carmax family opened the bottle to find a letter inside from Troy Heller, who had written the letter and tossed it into the Atlantic Ocean while on a family trip back in 1985, back when Heller was only 10 years old. Heller remembers the letter he wrote. Name Troy Heller from Louisville, Kentucky. P.S. Whoever finds this, call me or write to me. Using the old contact information, the family found Heller, who was living in Mount Washington, Kentucky. Heller says he initially ignored the unknown number, but a text message soon came in that grabbed his attention. I get a phone call from a Florida number, and I didn't recognize the number, so a lot of spam calls, so I just kind of let it go. And then a few minutes after that, I get a text message asking if this is Troy Heller, and then I get a picture, and the picture is of the letter. As soon as I saw it, I remembered writing it. Heller says he can't believe he's been reunited with the message that he sent all those years ago. I thought I'd just throw it out in the, in the ocean and just see where it went, you know. And uh, so it's just, just amazing that it, that it finally found its way back. The bottle only traveled a few miles from where it originally entered the water, but Heller said he was shocked to learn it had survived for nearly four decades. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.